What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and if this is your first time joining me, welcome. Today, you're going to hear a phone recording, so it's not super awesome clarity, of my time preaching in Tampa on holiness and the power of our hearts. And so I feel like this was really powerful, and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to share this with my Set Apart fam so they can hear. Now, the recording quality may not be that awesome, but... Hopefully you'll enjoy the message and be touched by it. I hope you have an amazing day. And without further ado, let's hop in to Set Apart with Jamie Lynn Walnow as we talk about holiness in the posture of our hearts. I I just want to share with you, um, before we get going, I'm really excited. This doesn't come out till Tuesday, so you're getting to purchase the book in person if you choose to accept the message. Um, but this cover, I got to, I, I sketched a cover and sent it to them and didn't redraw it, and we ended up going with this cover. And it's um, when all of the protests were going on in America, and I was like, Jesus, in the middle of a protest, because he's the answer to everything. And I know that can be kind of violent, and I'm okay, because the violent take the kingdom by force. So um, as outgoing and fun and bubbly as I am, I also feel like, you know, there's the wailing women and the warring women, and I went through a season of wailing, and I feel like a warring woman. I'm okay with it. I don't mind. My nickname is JL for Jamie Lynn, and I don't mind carrying a tent peg and putting it where it needs to go. If it's going to take one of my family members out, I'm going to take it out. And that's not a person. It's the spiritual realm I'm talking about. Okay. So um, I want to give this away to somebody who has a, um, a praying in a prodigal child. This is for you. And this is just believing that your child will live and breathe. This. You can all take this word in. You can all take that in. But what's your child's name? Jeremy. Jeremy, come home. In Jesus' name. Jeremy, you are meant to live fully and completely. And I declare that over every prodigal child, son, daughter, and here, brother, sister, parent, grandparent, whoever it is. Lord, they're your kids, and would you please show us how to prepare our hearts to receive them when they do come? And would you please, Spirit of God, open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to understand how to pray for them and how to love them and how to serve them and believe in them and not be distracted by it? In Jesus' name. Okay. So this book, Holy Revolution, is my message, and I'm going to be preaching from parts of this book, and I want to talk about our hearts, and I'm going to open up. I think it's really important. Do I have until 1230? Okay. So I I want to talk. I'm going to set this up because I think what's so powerful is um, in 2017, I had an encounter with God that totally changed my life. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was passionate about holiness then, but this was one of those moments where... I was not, like the moment before it happened, I was not the same after. Oh, do you have it? <laughs> I can hear it. It's like, like, like having its own moment. It's <laughs> own moment. It's moment. Uh, Noah's going to load it up on that. Uh, oh, cool. Awesome. Oh, okay, great. Um, but I just want to say, I, I think that this is a time where if you're going to live in holiness, you have to encounter the man Jesus. Because if you don't know him and you haven't tasted and seen, you're in law and religion. And that, I can say that because I grew up in religion. I grew up in the Church of Christ. Um, any Church of Christers in here? Not your solo. 
Instead of, here's the world, and they are telling me what this means, because that is happening right now. And I have a really hard time, I'm gonna be really black and white, and then you can come hug me later if you feel like I'm too intense, but there are women in this room, and I have been guilty of it myself, that allows, we allow culture in some areas to define this. Therefore, we compromise. Therefore, we open the door to sin, which separates us from God. Amen. However, in this holy revolution, this word, when I eat it, is my filter to culture. So my my God tells me what he designed culture to be like. The world cannot tell me what my God told me to be like because when I read in here, like the righteous ones will be persecuted. And that's why the lyrics say, you know, no one said holy was easy, and it's not for the faint of heart. And my precious husband, you know, was like, but God said my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I'm like, yeah, but living holy today is not easy. He said you will be persecuted. You need to endure. You, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just, this is not a message that is for the faint of heart, and I get it. And I'm okay with it. And I've wept, and I still weep at the idea that I could possibly not choose him or that we would not choose him because if you want to fulfill the great commission as a daughter or as a son, if you want to fulfill everything he's called you to do, are you willing to lay down your life? Yes. 11 out of the 12 disciples were martyred. Just, I wanna, we're in America right now so we actually can't connect to that. 11 out of the 12 disciples were martyred. So when you think about the intensity of knowing someone, the one, the way, the truth, life, are we willing to position ourselves to be in a place where we are really willing to lose our life. I love, I love America. I love America so much. I think God loves America so much. I don't think America's better than any other country. But I, I love this place because he put me here and you're here and I love you. People make up this nation and they're God's people. And this is one of, I went to Heidi Baker's school in 20, summer of 2012. And I just remember if you don't know who Heidi Baker is, I highly she's like a modern-day powerful missionary. It's mind-blowing. I love her. And she went from riches to rags. But really, if you live in the kingdom, she went from really poor to really wealthy. A lot of, a lot of jewels in her crop in heaven. Um, and I just remember her saying, the hardest place to minister to is America because they think they have everything they need. And I've been there. I built my whole world and slapped his name to it. And I don't wanna to get to heaven and be like, God, I built three TV shows. I totally said your name. I prayed for people. And I did blah, 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 blah. And I wrote this book called Holy Revolution, really cool. Um, did you see me? And he's like, I wanted to do that with you. And when God talks, there's no shame. And so we can either build 
on our own, or we can turn our hearts to God and build with him. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, holiness is almost a curse word in the church. It's almost like it's almost like vile to people in the world because instantly somehow, and this isn't true of everyone, but hear me out. I'm a millennial. I'm speaking from a millennial perspective, and so it's it's like um, holiness can sound like if you don't do this, you don't get this. And if we're gonna be real, I mean, there are some principles in here that that's relatable. But it's not a checklist. It's love. It's falling madly in love with the man Jesus, discovering him, being transformed by it, and living from a place that win. You win every time. You're on the winning team, literally. We're losing every battle that we're fighting on our own. And this is filled, Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. I love the New Testament. I love the Word of God. But this is filled with moments where people lost because they, in their own strength, they turned to man, they turned to themselves, whatever that may be, instead of the Lord. But the moment, they could have been the most evil, vile king ever, like disgusting. You read it and you're like, oh my goodness. And then genuinely, there's a moment they turn their heart to God. And it changes everything. And I want to talk about that too. So I had this encounter in 2017 that totally changed my life. And I was directing a conference in our church in Dallas and and fast forward all this to say, I was laying on the floor for three hours in the back and I had encountered God so powerfully. I ran to the back offices and I was laying on the floor and I could not move for at least three hours and I'm directing the conference. (laughs) The Holy Spirit had been showing up so strong at our church, we knew it was God. I just had told everybody, volunteering, we're going to be Martha's. We're going to take the best part of Martha, our hospitality gift, and we're going to set the table for everyone to meet with God. But when he shows up, we're going to be Mary, and we're going to choose the better thing. So if you have to work a table or you're a greeter or whatever you're doing, and the, the Lord is coming to you in that moment, we will find somebody to do what you needed to do. He is your priority, even though you're a volunteer. Little did I know, I'd be the one that was thrown on the floor for three hours in the most hurt-so-good moment of my life. So I was laying on the floor, weeping, and it was so special because my head was in my mom's lap. And it was not cute. There's nothing pretty about this. It was like I was in the room, but I wasn't in the room. And Jesus walked up to me, and he took my heart out of my chest, and he put a new one in, and he said, um, this is pure and this is whole, and to keep it pure and whole, water it with my spirit and feed it with my word. And you know, when, if you've had an encounter with the Lord and you've heard him speak, that means so much more than just that one line. And It's like you just read a history book on that one line all of a sudden, and now you've just got to live it out. Or like some, It's just insane how like he may not even say anything, he looks at you and it's like, you just read an entire book that he wrote. You know, it's, it's amazing. So this book was written from this encounter. And what's so, what's so special about this is it's so simple. Water with my spirit. Walk in relationship with my Holy Spirit. Walk in relationship with me. Walk in relationship with Jesus. Be in relationship. You're con- the more you're with him, the more you're being watered. 
and feed it with my word. I'm from Texas. Mama likes a good steak. This is better than the best steak I've had on earth. And so I'm going to feed myself with this. And every time I open it, it's like, I have read this 500 times. Where did you come from? You know, and it's just crazy. This is our correction. This is our protection. This is our direction. What do you need? Guess what? It's in there. It is in here. Every time. It's like, (laughs) and he may use like the weirdest story to even tell you to relate to your life today. And I love it. So, okay. In this new season, he is giving us new hearts. And in this encounter, it went really deep. And he showed me the church as a whole. And he showed me how he was showing up in a moment. And people were choosing him or not choosing him. Because people had been in the church. And this is a narrow path message. This isn't like, this is like, yes, the body of Christ. I'm in the church. It's like, that's great. But are you going to be in the narrow path? Because that's really costly. It's not comfortable. But I, I don't know. If com- I don't remember the last time I really felt comfortable with God. I mean, I like him and I love him and I, he's comforting. But when he tells me to do something, the risk factor. Talk about losing weight from your heart pounding. Just the moments he wants you to just like burn calories just by going up and approaching someone or whatever it may be. But the church, I was so grieved in this that, that we weren't all choosing him. And I heard... Uh, many are called, but few choose. Many are called, but few choose. And when I was younger, I always thought that meant, well, why isn't everyone called? And why wouldn't you choose everyone? Like, I had religious spirit. Um, and then it switched, and he said, everyone is called, and few choose. And I wept for weeks hearing him say that to me. Every single one of you in this room, including me, Every single one of us are called. But will every single one of us choose? Because it's, it's not about your comfort. It's not about what you think should happen. I'm speaking from experience on everything I'm saying. It's not about who you think should be where and why you don't think they should be. Because he'll use the, some of the most broken people to accomplish some pretty divine things. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So we're stepping into this new season with new hearts, and I believe he's wanting, and I know he's gonna do it during this time, to take out some people's hearts and give you a new one. He's instant, he's 100% healer. I don't know if there's something beyond 100% because that's earthly terms, but whatever that is, that's what he does. He takes out the heart that you feel is broken and hurt, that's been tormented, that's gone through trauma, that feels devastated, that's depressed, that's struggling with gluttony, that's struggling with lust, that's struggling with pornography, that's struggling with you name it. And he instantly gives you a new heart when you turn to him. So we're going to talk about keeping watch, turning to him. And everyone's favorite subject, repenting. (laughs) Keep watch. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs 4.23. Vigilance means alertly watchful, especially to avoid danger. So keep your heart with all vigilance. This is something I've had to learn. I used to really be in the depths of depression. And because of depression, it brought 
really like judgment and criticism towards me, which in turn brought it towards other people internally, which in turn uh, had me turning to food for emotional support, which then in turn turned me into a glutton, which then in turn turned me to being extremely overweight, which then in turn turned me to self-hate. And, and, and like, it, it, I mean, I could keep going. It was, it was disgusting and it was vile and it was painful and I forgot what joy felt like. And I'm one of the most joyful people I've ever met. I love, I'm happy, I'm happy. I really am, and I know that can overwhelm some people sometimes, but I'm okay with that. I love to overwhelm you with my love. So this is a picture of vigilance that God gave me, and I'm kind of really summarizing this to hit these points, because I really want to pray. But this is a picture he gave me. When I got delivered from depression, I mean delivered, I knew it wasn't from the Lord. I struggled with depression for over 10 years. Something would happen, and all of a sudden, the mental spiral would just doop, 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 and it was dark when I was alone, and I could hide it. I wasn't trying to hide it. Once again, I love people. So unless you had crazy discernment, you didn't know what was going on. And so I just remember being in a staff meeting at church. I was the children's pastor, too, which, mind you, when you work in the church, you have to have it all together. You can't be the weak one. Religious spirit. Religious spirit over here. This isn't true of everyone. This is me talking about Jamie Lynn's past life before she got resurrected in art. And, and I'm just like, you know, it's the vulnerability of like, I need to be strong for you, which is pride. Yeah. <laughs> just throw that out there. Um, and so I remember being in a staff meeting and I was so desperate. I hadn't felt joy in like three months. And I was like, God, I'm never going to feel joy again. I was in that place and I meant it. I believed it. I, I really believe it. And some of you in this room, this may be you. And hopefully in 30 minutes it won't be. That's right. He does it. That's right. He did it to me. You can have it freely. That's right. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I just remember being like, I don't know what it feels like to have joy. And the men on staff, before I finished talking, just surrounded me and laid hands on me. And it opened the door of hope. I wasn't healed in that moment. Opened the door of hope. Sunday comes around. I, they do a ministry call, and I ran up to the front desperate. Oftentimes, pride can keep us from answering ministry calls, by the way, which is also an issue of the heart, which we may talk about that in a second, too, but I, I didn't care. I was so desperate. When you're desperate and you find out and you have a moment of knowing the healers in the room, and I, that it, I'm, I'm not leaving here with this, and I ran up to the front, and I didn't get delivered yet, but a mom came up to me, and she was mad that I was up there. She was mad with Satan. Not with me. And she gave me videos to listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf and the studies of neurology, blah, blah, blah. So I marinated in that and this in worship for two weeks. I go to a Bible study filled with very seasoned men and women of age. And my husband and I were like the youngest by like 30 years. And we just went every two weeks. We loved this Bible study. And I felt a demonic cringe. I was swirling inside. I just, I mean, I was like, this is, I can't be in my body right now. Like I, I can't tell anybody this is happening. I just want to leave. Like, it felt like something was swirling in me and tormenting me, and it was trying to come out, and it was not God. And this girl walks up to me, and they were like, does anybody have anything they want to say? And I was like, in my head. And there were a lot of people there this night, and this girl comes up. She's like, I feel like the Lord wants you to say whatever's happening right now. <laughs> I raised my hand, 
And I walk over and I'm like, this is what's happening. Hey everybody, here's my dirty laundry. I'm really depressed and I'm desperate for healing. And a father looks at me and he goes, you know you're not leaving here with this, right? And in a moment I looked at him and I was like, right. And I knew I wasn't leaving there with it. But all of that, and I'm saying God can do it in a moment and he will do it in a moment. But I'm saying I was so desperate, I went to the buffet and ate from it until I found the meal I was supposed That's to, you know what I'm saying? Until I found the medicine of heaven, I was desperate and hungry. And so I got delivered from it and it's never come back. And this is the picture he showed me to, to keep my heart with all vigilance. I am a house. And before it was really dirty inside. And I'm a dwelling place for God. But it was nasty, it was dirty. And I kept opening the door and entertaining demons. Demons. Entertaining them, inviting them in, marinating in their stories to me, agreeing with them to the point where what they were saying felt like this. But it wasn't. But what happened to Jesus when he came out of the desert? Satan twisted the word. But he was so prepared and filled with the word, he was like, no, yeah, no. that ain't my daddy. Yeah. Jamie Lynn version. <laughs> um, so then I realized when I was delivered from depression, he cleaned house for me instantly. So it was clean and he was in the house with me. I heard a knock. And I was like, I'm not going to open you. And then it got to the point where it was like, oh, you're in my front yard, because they weren't allowed to knock anymore. I could feel yeah. them in my front yeah. yard. And I was like, oh, oh. Have y'all seen Princess Diaries where they're like, get off the grass. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All the different languages. That's pretty much how I feel in the spirit. It's like angels would come. Get off the grass. <laughs> but now, Mama upgraded, and she lives in a gated community, and the only one, okay, the only one with the code is That's how I keep watch of all the thoughts because if I struggled with depression, I'm not going to struggle with it again because of this picture. So my prayer is that that hope helps you understand the power of vigilance. But I'm responsible. I can open the door. I can let them on the grass. I can let them in the community. It's not like, God, you're letting them in. He's like, you are. He doesn't want you to let it. You're not a puppet. You're not a puppet. That's the best thing about holiness. You're not a puppet. So Psalm 127.1b, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So how many times did I try to flex my way out of the city, like to guard my city, and, and I couldn't because I was flexing the blood of Jamie Lynn didn't set Jamie Lynn free. The blood of Jesus did. And so if I'm guarding... But I'm not allowing the Lord to show me. Like the Spirit of God lives inside me and gives me eyes to see and ears to hear how to guard, what to guard. I don't know how to guard apart from Him. Because culture tells me how to guard, and culture tells me I should be sleeping with my husband before I'm married, that I should try living with him before I get married. Culture tells me that pornography is normal. It's okay, everybody does it. Even in the church, everybody does it. Culture tells me something that is very different than what the word tells me. But when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, he tells you what is good to keep watch of your heart and what is not. 
Would he sit there and watch that with you? Come on. And that's really, I love, I mean, I love this. I know this is a heavy, it can be heavy. But to me, it's like, I am, I have been liberated from sin and I've been liberated from darkness. And he showed me the secret ticket, how? And I want to help you. And it's really intense. I mean, if you would have told me when I was depressed that my thought pattern was why I was depressed, I would have been offended. If, I, if you would have told me to just look to Jesus, I needed an encounter with, I needed a touch from God, but like, I would have been offended, right? So this keeping watch of your heart is key to transforming every part of your life to be who he called you to be. So the Holy Spirit will reveal what's good and what isn't. And this is what I love. I love this scripture so much. This is so epic. Do you, I mean, this is one of those scriptures where I'm like, this is the word of God. <laughs> no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You are telling me that Jesus, first of all, side note, I know we know this, Jesus was tempted just as you have been tempted. But he saw the escape route every single time and chose God. God is the escape route. Safety, protection, liberation, freedom, love, compassion. I could keep going. There is an escape route for us. And when we are allowing culture to invade our eye gates and our ear gates, you can't even see the escape route. So you keep going and falling into sin. I've been there. It stinks. It's the most foul way of living that I, I mean, I literally look back at my life and I get overwhelmed. I know we were crying at dinner last night. You're like, God has protected me. And I started tearing up and I'm like, I often think about how he protected me even when I wasn't choosing the escape route because it could have been worse, but he knew I loved him and wanted him. And so I feel like there was a little bit of like a tug of war in my life, which the Bible calls lukewarm. The air just left the room. <laughs> and you know what he does with the lukewarm, and I don't want to be spit out of his mouth. Yeah, right? But as long as you have breath in your lungs, it's not too late. So the more vigilant we are, the louder and clearer the escape route is from God in every temptation. So I want to say, keeping watch with my eye gates, TV, shows... My husband and I don't watch anything where there's premarital sex, where there's a lot of cursing, where there's, um, and I'm like, I know we're extreme and I'm not telling you what you should do, I'm telling you this is where we are now. Um, we don't drink alcohol, God did that to us, it's no desire, it, it's, and I'm not telling you that you shouldn't drink alcohol, but I'm saying we don't and we haven't for years. It happened to both of us about the same time. The Lord didn't even talk to us about it, it was just taken. And we're just trusting the Holy Spirit that it has something to do with our call. And it has something to do with our protection. That's right. And and gossip. Yeah. Are you listening to it? Are you doing it? Yes. Because you're opening a gate to sin. Um, and these are the things that we have to keep watch of. And it is so awkward to stand up for somebody who's not in the room when everybody's gossiping about them. Can we talk about the flesh side of our world? It is uncomfortable to be holy sometimes. But when you do it over and over and over again, it becomes easier. 
And that's why I don't. I, that's why I think holiness isn't easy. But it makes me feel like a warrior. It's like really <laughs> epic. <laughs> I just I did that for you. Okay. Turn your heart to Him. I love this. I'm gonna blow through this real quick because I want to pray. Sin flows from a heart that is not fully committed to the Lord. Sin flows from a heart that is not fully committed to the Lord. We're going to talk about King Asa, 2 Chronicles 16. Y'all need to go marinate up in that story. It is so good. The Word of God. Just go read the Word of God from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Um, okay, so King Asa followed the Lord. He's awesome. God delivered the enemies, his enemies into his hands over and over again. Small army, big armies would come against him. God, his heart was turned to God, therefore they were saved. Well, all of a sudden, this one time he turns his heart to another. He turns his heart to another king and relies on his strength. And then this is what happens. This prophet, how many of you love prophets? Yay. I feel like I'm the prophet that gets like these types of words. <laughs> For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. Okay. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed. Not like, I'll be committed to you here, but I'm going to go overeat when nobody's looking. But everything else in my life is holy. I used to do that. Right? Like, I can be committed, but I can't give this up. You always hear, I think Todd White says this all the time, try giving your coffee up for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll find out. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, someone's about to get delivered. <laughs> we laugh, but we're going to hear testimony somebody was delivered from coffee. So here's the thing. When your heart is turned to God, when your heart is fully turned to God, you will win every single time. You may not win the way you think you should. You may not win the way other people tell you they think you should. But you will win every time because he is fighting the battle for you. And we are not against flesh and blood. And we are not, you know, I mean, if he tells you to get the tent peg and put it in the head of a demon, then you can go do that. But you don't need to be doing that with your words towards your friends. Yeah, come on. And that's where the enemy is really deceiving. And so, when I was turned to Jamie Lynn, I was at war with myself in depression. When I turned to him, I received freedom. When I turned to you with expectation of winning for me, I will be at war with you. You will make me mad. I won't agree with you. I will judge you. I will criticize you. I will, I don't know, fill in the blank. But when my heart is turned to the Lord and I have eyes to see and ears to hear what he's saying about you and what we've got going on, we're going to win. That's right. And I think this is a key for all of us in this next hour is our hearts need to be turned to the Lord because it will take generations. It will take different gifts, which let me tell you, when different gifts come in the room and they do it different ways, if your heart's not turned to the Lord, you'll be at war and you'll lose before you could win. Yeah. And so we, we need one another. In Deuteronomy 30, 17, it says, when our hearts turn away, you will be destroyed. It's that simple. And this is all throughout the word. I mean, like we could keep going down the list, but the battles belong to him and he never loses. And so I want to encourage you too. 
because we need one another, Jesus sent people out in twos, and I'm not just saying that. I need you. You need me. We need one another. Therefore, if somebody's rubbing you the wrong way, that is awesome. Go pray for them and ask God why. Ask him to deliver you from any false thinking, give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and ask him how to pray for them and bless them so you can serve them well and love them well, whether it's from a distance or up close. Because we cannot let relationships fall in this hour. With your spouse, can I get an amen? I'm a newlywed still, I feel like, so... Some of you are like, wait until you're married for 30 years. And then I'm like, it's still awesome. Read the word of God. Okay. Repentance, which is a heart issue. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. He says this so many times throughout the word of God. I called you to be holy as I am holy. You actually can live the way Jesus lived. I don't agree with anybody who tells me, don't, don't compare me to Jesus. Don't, and I'm like, no, no, no. Then his whole life was pointless. He came in the flesh, was tempted as you are tempted, tempted as I am tempted, and he said no every time. And that's actually possible with God only. Because he knew how to step away. He knew how to be with the Father. He knew how to get the courage and the strength from God to come and literally live love the hell out of you and me. Literally. That's what he did. That's what he does because he's alive. His kindness, when repentance comes, you know, you feel that conviction. This is how I like to think of it. The enemy will bring shame and condemnation and all that. And I want to say I live a daily repentance. Like, if I thought something that I feel like was a little off, I repent in my heart, literally. It's like a daily thing, for real. And I'm like, God, you know, is my heart pure here? Or, man, becoming an author is a whole other world of... Yeah. Like, or being in media, it's like, you know, increase your following by, do this. And it's like, and it's like tempting. But with him, you go to him and you repent. And, and it's instant, but it's a genuine repentance. That means here, here's, the, um, here's the temptation that I gave into. And God comes in this moment. The enemy comes and brings shame. And then he just wants you to keep getting deeper in it because of shame. But really what it means is when I feel that conviction of like, oh, that's not. First of all, I'm in the presence of God because I feel the spirit of God convicting me. That means he's with you. There's no shame when you're in the presence of God, right? So first of all, he's with me. Second of all, he's reminding me of who I am, that I'm his, and that there's another way. And so I just go, oh, I'm so sorry. That is not who you created me to be. It's not who I am. I love you. Will you please forgive me? Okay, let's go. That's repentance. But we make it sound like it's this crazy, horrible, I mean, trust me, there's times when I've wept, like ugly cried because I you know, whatever, whatever I was repenting of, because there was so much grievance that I chose that instead of him. But this is repentance, and it's so beautiful, it's so loving, it's so kind, it's so powerful. His kindness comes in that moment to remind you of who you are, so you can turn and realize that your victory belongs in him and him alone, and not that thing, because that thing separates you from him. And that's the fear of God, to love what he loves and to hate what he hates, because what he hates is what separates you from him, and me from him. And we should hate everything that separates God's kids from God. It's okay to hate the things that separate us from the Father and our family. Come on. Yeah. So also I want to say, uh, 
when you read about John the Baptist, talk about Crazy Town USA. Camel hair, belt, locust, honey. Did he bathe? I don't know. What did he smell like? Um, he, he literally preached repentance, right? And then Jesus comes, gets baptized by water. And then John the Baptist is like, there's one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, which is epic because we all are carriers of the Spirit of God. And then what is the first message Jesus preached? He went into the, des- he went into the desert, was wrestling with the enemy, came out. The enemy culture came and said, do you want the world? And Jesus was like, I have the world. Wins and goes out and tells the world, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Near. Right? Which means it's right here. So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that is our message because it helps us obey the word of God. People don't like to obey. But when you're in love, you can't help but obey. Because it comes from a place of love. And sometimes I obey when I don't want to, but the fruit is good. Because I love him so much, I'm going to start. You know, you don't always want to make your bed. You don't always want to clean your room as a child. But you do it because you have honor and respect for your parents. And you're glad your room's clean. Hopefully. Maybe. And maybe not. Is it? Maybe that's not a good illustration. All you creatives out there are like a little mess. Um, but anyways, Okay. So to me, I'm like, repentance It's the first message Jesus preached. And then Matthew 5.18, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart, which means your thoughts, and this is the daily repentance I wanted to touch on. That means what you think about is just as powerful as what you say. And so I want to help. Uh, this is what I want to go into ministry time with for sure, too. And here's the thing. I, our pastor just did a ministry call the other day, and I remember sitting in my chair, and he was like, how many of you are burning for Israel to be saved? And I was like, I'm not burning for Israel to be saved. I'll pray for Israel. I love Israel, but I'm not weeping on the floor burning. And pride wanted me to stay seated, and I was on the second row, and our church holds 600 people, and I plopped out of my chair because pride wanted to keep me down. I didn't, you know, I don't want to be the one that people think isn't burning for Israel which is the way pride talks. (laughs) And then guess what? I pop out of my chair, and he looks, and there's like two people, and he goes, everybody should be standing. So I had my moment of standing up, not caring what people thought, because I could sense pride, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to do the opposite of pride. What is that? And then boom. So I just want to encourage you. Whatever I share right now to go into ministry time, this is between you and God. We don't need to be looking around the room. This is literally like, are you all in or not? Are you willing to turn your heart to Jesus? Are there areas you feel consistent frustration with? Are you depressed? Are you having judgmental thoughts towards people? Are you judging people left and right? That is so exhausting. I remember doing that. Discernment underneath the love and power of God sees people for who God created them to be and wants the best and is grieved when it's not there and will pray for them until they see it happen. Discernment underneath the enemy is judgment. Yeah, it's yeah. criticism. Yeah. You have a gift inside you. Turn the judgment and criticism to love, yeah. compassion, yeah. and intercession. Yeah. And until that person is living that way, and you don't need, they don't need to know you're praying for them. You have all of heaven agreeing with you. Actually, you're agreeing with heaven, but yeah. <laughs> that's so American of me to say. <laughs> heaven is agreeing with you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, David moved God's heart and built a tabernacle. I mean, so 
you can too. Um, okay, so I want to talk about this. Uh, I want to I do this. So if you feel, um, like, I really feel the sense of your heart being fully committed to him, fully committed. And is there something that's coming up? I want to take a second because I really, sometimes it's like, oh, and then you get home and you're like, oh, which you can still get delivered at home. You can still turn your heart in a moment. That's the best part. You can turn your heart in your car while you're driving down the road. Um, but I just want to pray for a second. And this could be, I mean, we're going to stand for a number of things. Um, so you may, if there's something in this message where you're like, man, I've been watching a show and it's opening up the door to lust. Like, I'll, I'll share this real quick. I've had several women come up to me in life, which this is personally not something I've ever struggled with. For me, it was more of what I shared with you guys. But, um, but I have the ability to see and love and come under and help raise the bar in this. But pornography is really prevalent amongst women in the church. And I had many women coming up to me confessing that they were struggling with pornography. And, um, and then I realized they're posting about, like, which I just need to hear one sentence about the show. I'm going to name a show, Game of Thrones which I think is pretty pornographic in nature. You know, there's TV shows where they're literally endorsing. I'll watch a TV show and third season comes around and two teenagers in high school are getting out of bed together or making out on the bed. And I'm like, that's a I'm not agreeing with that. That's disgusting. No, no offense. I mean, but to me, I think that's pretty vile to paint that as a normalizing anything uh, misleading and unholy and impure in our culture. So, um, when we, there, there are ways that, in the tiny ways, we've opened the doors that lead to the pornography, the gluttony, the whatever it is, you name it, the slander, the gossip, that there's things that we're agreeing with in the tiny places that are affecting that. So I want God to go to the root of our hearts and reveal to us in our daily walk what we can give up so that we can live a life of liberty and freedom with him and justice for all. Okay, so Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for being here right now. We ask you to come and reveal to us, are there any areas in our life, and if anyone, any of the speakers, if you get words of knowledge or something, please let me know. But Holy Spirit, would you come reveal, is there any area, that is there any person we're turned to other than you? And if there is, will you reveal that person to us? Are we turned to ourselves? Are we at war with ourselves? Will you reveal that to us in the room right now? Holy Spirit, we thank you. I thank you for revealing anything that we're bringing in our eye gates or in our ear gates. Is it podcast, money, fashion, greed? I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. And I ask that you would open our eyes to see in this moment and forever, our ears to hear and our minds to understand what you're saying. And if you're sensing something right now, I want to encourage you to stand, like take a bold stand. Like if you're in the holy revolution, a warrior does what the general says without question and runs and goes. And the Holy Spirit gives us courage to stand. And nobody knows what you're standing for. It's not about that because what you're choosing to do is join a revolution right now of holiness. And you're saying, I'm foregoing even my addiction to binge-watching Netflix. It could be innocent, but maybe that's what you're putting your time to instead of his presence. 
whatever it is, but whenever, if you feel that call to stand, you could be living holy and want to just say, nope, I'm going to live holy. Like, you can do whatever you want. And to me, this isn't about numbers standing. This is about you and your conversation with God right now. And so if you feel prompted to stand and commit your heart to God fully right now, and I want to say fully to God, then I want to encourage you to stand. And we're going to pray for you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you see every person who's standing in this room. You see, you, you hear the internal dialogue, and I thank you. And I thank you for liberating us from judgment, liberating us from criticism, liberating us from ourselves, li liberating us from culture, liberating us from the lies, liberating us from deception, liberating us from frustrations that have turned into sin from family members that have gone astray. Would you please help us, Spirit of God, right now? Would you come refocus like Cindy was preaching about? Our eyes, help us see. Turn our gaze to you. And we come before you and we commit ourselves to you in this revolution. And this revolution of love, and this revolution of purity, and this revolution of holiness, and this revolution of knowing that Jesus, you are the only way. That it is Yahweh, it is not my way. It is your way, God, every single time. And so, Holy Spirit, I thank you that from this moment, that those who are standing who need to hear that nudge that Cindy was talking about, who need to feel that nudge, God, would you break off any desensitization that we have come into because of complacency or apathy? Would you break it off of us right now in Jesus' name and make us aware of the escape route? Make us aware of the things that, that we can forego because you are greater and better in that moment. And I thank you for courage. And I thank you for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to understand what you're saying, that we wouldn't mind being the foolish thing in the world because we love you. And we need you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Set Apart with Jamie Lynn Walnut. I hope you enjoyed this sermon from my time in Tampa with a room full of hungry women and some men. And I hope that you're encouraged and empowered to continue to turn your heart to God in all that you do. If you find value in this podcast, please subscribe. Please go leave a written review. But also, go grab a copy of Holy Revolution. For a limited time, you can go to my website, jamielynnwalnaw.com, and grab t-shirts as well. And you can still use Tribe 2021 as a, as a code to receive a discount, 10% off your order. But also, if you want to buy books... If you want to buy Holy Revolution and be discipled by the Holy Spirit, I was discipled by the Holy Spirit and put it all within this book, Holy Revolution. If you want to buy two and get one free and sit with some friends once a week to go through this book together, you can use code 7M, like the number 7 and a lowercase m for mom. And you can buy two, get one free for a limited time. So go do it. Um, JamieLynnWallNow.com or go to Amazon or anywhere you can buy books and enjoy. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being part of the tribe. May you be blessed going in to his presence and blessed as you go out to change the world in Jesus' name. <laughs>